0: of Christ in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God he was in the beginning with God all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made in him was life And the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. Jesus Christ's role has brought light and life to us, to man, to mankind. Christ's role is the giver of eternal life. And as he brings life and light to us, oh, we have such joy and such thanksgiving. For the light has illuminated the way from our darkness, from hopelessness, from despair, from fear. The light of Jesus reveals a pathway for us to come into the fullness of who we were created to be, sons and daughters of the Most High God. And this morning as we take of the emblems of communion, we are reflecting on Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Saviour. We're coming before him with thanksgiving, sincere and genuine thanksgiving from the depths of our heart. For he has not only exposed our sinfulness, he has illuminated a way for us to be saved from the curse of sin and death. Hallelujah, that is worth rejoicing over this morning. Jesus Christ has illuminated a way for us that we may be saved and that our eternity may be sealed with the presence of God. Thank you, Jesus. So we partake of these emblems this morning with thanksgiving in our hearts. Oh Jesus, thank you that you willingly gave up your life, gave yourself as a ransom for us, that we may be set free from darkness and from death and from the curses of evil Oh, how we love you and how we thank you this morning that you have given us life and life more abundantly because you were willing to die. You were willing to be that blood sacrifice, the one and only final atonement for sin. And so we partake this morning of the bread with thanksgiving in our hearts. Let's partake, church. Thank you, Jesus, for the forgiveness of our sins. Thank you, Jesus, for the cleansing of our blood that we can now come into the right relationship with God the Father. And thank you that this blood represents the cup, the cup we take of the blood this morning in remembrance of you, Jesus with such gratitude, with such thanksgiving. Oh Jesus, you are all we need. We love you and we take this morning with gladness and with joy that you love us in return and we're willing to sacrifice that we can be whole, healed and victorious by the power of your blood. Thank you, Jesus. And the church said, and unity, amen, amen. Precious Lamb of God, how we love you. Thank you for giving us life. Thank you for giving us each other. Thank you, Lord, that you instituted communion, that we may remember you. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us a model for the church to come together in unity and in one accord, and we come together in one accord expectant, expectant this morning for your power, your signs, wonders, and miracles to follow the preaching of the word. In anticipation, we agree that you are God, that you are building your church, a church that will not crumble, a church that is strong, and powerful, a church that is built on Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. Yes, we decree and declare that this church is built on the apostles and the prophets with Refinery Life Church with Jesus Christ as the chief cornerstone. And so we come in expecting you to move, Lord. May your giftings flow this morning. Scream! Thanks, Thanks, music team. Wow, there's such a beautiful, sweet presence of the Lord here this morning. So, if you've come in with with lack, expect for that to be met this morning. The Holy Spirit is here. The Lord is here. Hallelujah! Yes, He is. Yes, He is. Just a couple of announcements. I wanted to uh, remind everyone once again and those watching online that from the 1st of July we will be starting having a service uh, at 4 p.m. as well on a Sunday and uh, we are very excited to be having Pastor Diane Pierce join us uh, to bring teaching and ministry around uh, binding the strong man. It's going to be such a powerful time. So please Mark the date in your diary starting from the first Sunday in July and moving through for 4 weeks we'll be looking at binding the strong man. This is a time for the church to rise up. This is a time to to grab hold of the tools that are available. There's been ministry in this church around the area of repentance brought through from the arrowheads of God ministry and now we're moving through into breaking the strong man. We are victorious and strong. We will not be dismayed. We will not be put down and we will not be cast aside. We are rising up church. So it's exciting. It's, it's an exciting time. Hallelujah. So thank you. Thank you and Pastor Gary, I'd like to invite you over.
1: Amen. Who doesn't love Sunday morning at church? Who doesn't love when we have technical difficulties every single Sunday? The devil wants to stop this. You know, I'm excited as a a church, we were um, accused of being a cult through the week. (laughs) Come on, when we're preaching the word of God, we're being accused by Christians of being a cult. Come on, that's good. So what we did was we invited those people in, and guess what? They didn't turn up. <laughs> Praise God, God's doing something. You know we, It's been a tough couple of days. Can we turn that reverb off, please? It is off. Oh, I'm really loud. Um, it's been a tough couple of days. You know we, we had a young guy who sometimes comes to the church uh, attempt to commit suicide yesterday, but the church gathered around. Um, we actually don't know where he is at the moment. He, he's gone missing, so we're praying that he, he um, goes home. Yeah, but the, the, the exciting part was we, we sent out a text message last night to some intercessors that are here this morning, and you know what? Everyone responded back and said, we're praying, we're praying, we're praying. That's what the church family does. That's what a church does. So if that makes a cult, so be it. We can be the cult of Jesus Christ. How does that sound? Yeah, and yesterday morning we gathered together and it's interesting that that happens. We gathered together yesterday morning for our prayer meeting down on the Broadwater and we actually prayed for the, the house to be filled with children and we can have the kids' church up and running and, and you know, for our schools and the kids in our schools to actually invite Christ in because you know the RE teachers have been kicked out, right? Chaplaincy at a national level has been canceled by this current government. That's socialism in action right there. So we're praying that these kids come in, these kids find Christ. And then we get a message last night that one of them has tried to take his life. The devil will not win. The devil will not win. Amen. This city will be one for Christ. This city will be one for Christ. Many things, we've got a long way to go. We get a long way to go. Join me in the Lord's Prayer before we start. And who's excited that Pastor Di is going to do some Sunday afternoons for us? I know I am. I know Pastor Di is. Let me encourage you. That still means church is on on Sunday morning as well. Come to both services. It's going to be exciting. We're, we're hoping and we're praying that this is actually the launch pad. Not just for Pastor Di to come out of the wardrobe and start preaching again as she should, but that we can actually start doing Sunday evening services or Sunday afternoon services. All the way through. And I apologise, we don't have the words. If you're watching online this morning, pro presenter is uh, running on a Windows computer. And uh, the Bible tells us the gates of hell shall not prevail. So Bill Gates and your windows viruses, you can um, take them away. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. We've got to start declaring that over our lives. Here's is the kingdom. Here's is the power and here's is the glory. It's got nothing to do with me. It's got nothing to do with you. It's about him. You'd be surprised how many times I've had that conversation in the last few days with people from around the world. It's not about you. It's about Him. Get off your high horse. It's got nothing to do with you. It's about Him. So we're going to continue this week, working through our series, The Living Christ and Family Living. And it's designed to strengthen and enrich family life. We know we need that. We're seeing the, the destruction of family. We've seen it for decades. And we're now at a point where it's celebrated. The kids can tell their parents what to do and 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 they can walk away from their families and it's celebrated. It's encouraged. There's a problem with that. There's a real problem with that. And we're going to talk about parents who are worthy of honor. And when I say parents who are worthy of honor, we're all, well, many of us in the room are parents. We're all children. So it works both ways. But we're also talking about the church. Many of you are, are mothers and fathers within the church, within the body of Christ. So you've got to be worthy of honour. You can't just expect it. There's too many... Let's kick that sacred cow over again. There's too many churches and ministers who the pastor thinks he's worthy of honour. He thinks he deserves it. But what's he doing for it? So we're talking about our physical families this week, again, and also our church family. Let me pray for our offering before we go any further. I always forget about it. I should do it at the start, but I always forget. If you're new, welcome. We, we don't do a, a, a giving message here. We've sat through thousands of them ourselves. We know what they're going to say. They're often twisted, but we do pray for our offering every week. And I've actually got to thank this church. I was so excited this week. We put the call out last week for the kids in Africa, for our, for our orphanages there, and let me tell you, there were three donations this week that blew us away. We don't know who they are, but we've got between three and, month, three and four months worth of food for those kids now, in two days. So praise God, if that was you, thank you. If it was you watching online, thank you. I know Pastor Francis, I haven't told him yet, but I know he's watching online, so he's probably doing a little African happy dance right now. That the pressure's off for a few months. So Lord, loving Father, we thank you today for revealing yourself through Jesus Christ to us. We come into your presence with joy and faith and hope because we are not a miserable church. Give us ears to hear your voice, Lord. Give us eyes of faith to see your truth. Give us hearts that will not only receive, but hearts that will give to others as well, Lord. As we come bringing our tithes and offerings, accept these gifts and bless them to the purpose that others will come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. It's in Jesus' name that we pray this morning. Amen. Amen. So if you've got your seed there, Got your offering, there's an offering box on either side. Praise God, Sunday morning. Sunday morning. I'm going to share a little testimony with you before I get started. We've been praying for restoration within families, we've been praying for kids to come back to their parents and parents to reach out to their children. And many of you know, we went to Melbourne a few weeks ago, just for a couple of days to see one of our sons who we haven't seen for three years at the time. He's landing on the Gold Coast tomorrow. He's actually coming up to see us tomorrow. We haven't seen this kid for three years. And the thing that was stopping him from coming up was, this is, I mean, people think COVID's bad, right? He wouldn't come up because he was worried about getting COVID. The day after we left Melbourne, he got COVID. (laughs) Praise God. He's coming to the Gold Coast tomorrow. God works in amazing ways. This is a boy that was asking us about the different denominations and how they work and what they believe and uh, about Christ. And, you know, he's not a believer, but he has the same beliefs as us. He was telling us what others believe and what we should believe. The kid's going to be saved. You excited about that, Pastor Amanda? This week will be the first time we get our five children together for a meal. Five of them. One of them was living in another country, another one in another state. This week, the whole family will be together again. Praise God. That's something we can all celebrate if God can do it for us you can do it for you guys as well. The text we're going to concentrate on today is Ephesians 6, 2 and 3. Chapter 6, verses 2 and 3. So if you've got your Bible, open it up. Uh, If you're watching online, we, we may or may not have some words for you. I'm not sure whether it's working online or not, but open your Bible up. Verse 2 says, honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. That it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. Who doesn't want that? You know, I'm going to live till 120 because that's what the Bible tells me. I'm hoping I see a lot of you there. The first promise, the first commandment, with a promise. The scriptures we're going to work through are Ephesians 5, verse 21 through to chapter 6, 4, and I'm going to read them all. all right. I hope you're not offended that we're actually going to read a a large passage of Scripture from the Bible, but we're a church, right? We're a Bible-believing church. That's what we should do. Verse 521 says, Submitting to one another in the fear of God. That's a really good start. We've got to get the fear of God back into Christians. Then it talks about marriage and, and Christ and the church. It says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Now I know a lot of people are offended by that. I'm sorry, but that's what the, the Bible says. For the husband is the head of the wife, as as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the saviour of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. I, I love how it actually says, own husbands. Don't submit to someone else's, submit to your own husband. Husbands, you don't get off lightly. Verse 25, Love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Do we think the church looks like that today? We've got a little way to go, haven't we? Jesus isn't coming back tomorrow. I'm pretty sure of it. The church needs to be without spot and blemish. But he is coming back. Verse 28. So husbands ought to love their own wives, their own wives, as their own bodies. Who who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. Verse 31, for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And it goes on and talks about children and parents. Verse 6, 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. I really love how it says, obey your parents in the Lord. It's talking about the church there as well. It's talking about the elders. It's talking about the mums and dads in the body of Christ. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. Hey, I've been there but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. I love that we have Nico and the other kids sitting here. They're being brought up in the training of the Lord. In this section of Paul's epistle to the Ephesians, the apostle gives some great guidelines for abundant living within the home. Who doesn't need more abundance within the home? who loves coming home from work and they see their spouse or their kids and they they get cranky and who loves that? I'm pretty sure no one here. We need to have an abundant living. I love when Pastor Amanda comes home from work. It's a bit of a race between me and the dog to see who gets to the front door first. Isn't it? I'm excited when she gets home. I'm sure she looks at me and goes, oh, (laughs) what are you doing here? (laughs) That's what life should be like. We should be happy to see our spouses come home. That's what I love about dogs. I mean, cats, not so much. They don't care whether you're home or not. You can go to the the garbage bin and come back and the dog's excited that you're there. That's what we should be like. so simple. And these are the most important relationships of life, right? The ones we have at home. The ones we have within our church body. They're the important relationships. The relationships we have with our kids. I mean, we, we haven't been the perfect family. But let me tell you, there's an excitement there that we're getting to see all our kids this week. They're the most important relationships. And we can be thankful that God has given guidelines to husbands And to wives welcome we can be thankful for that if you're not sure how to treat your husband or your wife you need to start opening this up and reading it it's in there any problem you've got in life open it up and read it the answers are there probably even some answers for questions you don't even have yet he's given guidelines to parents regarding their children and guidelines to children concerning the manner in which they should relate to their parents. We've heard some horrific stories. I I heard one yesterday, a guy I haven't spoken to for a couple of years, about how his granddaughter treats her mother. Children need to start learning how they should relate to their parents. Children need parents. no matter what the kid thinks, no matter what the school teaches them, children need their parents. But as parents, we need to start growing up and gentlemen, you need to start being fathers. Ladies, you need to start being mothers. And I know not all, life's not perfect. Let me tell you, between myself and Pastor Amanda, we've ticked about every box you can on the wrong side of the ledger. I don't think there's too many we've missed out on, is there? Today, we're going to focus on the parental responsibility to God, as well as the parental responsibility to the children. I'm talking to the church here as well, not just the physical parents. We have a responsibility to God, and we have a responsibility to the spiritual children. We all have, I'm sure, a spiritual son or daughter, maybe a couple of them. One Bible translation, one Bible translation, translates Ephesians six four to fathers: Don't overcorrect your children, or make it difficult for them to obey the commandment. Bring them up in the Christian teaching by Christian discipline. We need to be able to discipline our children, don't we? Things might be a little bit different now, but I, I'm, you know, I can tell you, I got plenty of smacks as a kid. When I'd be out running amok, we, we grew up in, a, in an area that there was lots of bush, so we'd be out riding trail bikes and all the cool stuff we used to be able to do. I'd get home and the, the local police officer would be sitting there waiting for me with Dad. So, I'd get a hiding from the police officer and then I'd get one from Dad. <laughs> I think I turned out okay. We can discipline our children. <laughs> Do you disagree that it turned out okay? <laughs> it's worth noting that there are that as parents, we need to recognise that we need to be worthy of the honour and respect of our children. We need to be worthy of it. Now, we look at... I used it as an example yesterday. It's a, it's a horrific example. But these shootings that happen in America, I don't have an issue with guns at all. Don't have an issue with guns. I have an issue with children that don't have parents, with children that don't have discipline, with children that realistically, probably have some mental issues and need help for it. And schools covering it up and teachers covering up instead of actually getting them the help they need. We need to be worthy of that honor and respect that we think we deserve. As fathers and mothers, we should be tremendously concerned about the impact of our lives on the lives of our children. Think about that. The kids are watching. They see more than they say. Across our country, mayors, parliamentarians, senators, judges, police and doctors are in agreement that marriage and family living are in serious trouble. More than 50% of marriages in this country fail. 50%. Now we can, and, and we're part of that statistic. We've been there in the past, as many of you have. And there is no judgment or condemnation on that. But we can do better. Many young people are having problems. Walk down Narang Street in Southport any day of the week. Look at the young people and the problems they're having. Go into Australia Fair just after three o'clock in the afternoon and look at the young people and the problems they're having. As parents, we need to be as certain as we can that the problem with youth is not the result of parental problems. We need to start being parents. If you're a grandparent, Maybe you need to step in and parent some of these kids. As hard as that will be. You know, the the Bible tells us that we should be leaving an inheritance, not for our children, but for our grandchildren. We might need to step in. We might need to get involved. And I know a lot of you are. In the larger passage of Scripture today, we saw some instructions that were specifically for husbands and some for wives and some for wives only and some for husbands only. But some of those instructions were for the children as well. This is one of the, the struggles I have with in Christianity. When people go looking for a church, they focus on the brand of coffee or the worship team or the kids program as opposed to the word. I love having kids in the church. We have a room out there for kids' church and when we have more kids, we'll, we'll, we'll start kids' church up. But it's okay if they're in the church with us. Sometimes they run around and yell and scream. and you know, As I've said before, if as long as they're not grabbing the camera and the equipment and pulling it over, it doesn't worry me so it shouldn't worry you guys either because I can actually see what they're doing. But the passage today closes with clear instructions to parents. So let's go through a couple of these things. The first one is to be parents worthy of honour, we need to be subordinate to the Lord. Are we willing to actually be subordinate to the Lord? The husband is responsible to God for the way he relates to his wife. Husbands, gentlemen, you are responsible to God for the way you relate to your wife. You're not responsible to me. You're not even responsible to your wife. You're responsible to God for the way you relate to her. And the wife is responsible to God for the way she relates to her husband. Both husbands and wives should conduct themselves in a way that pleases the Father God in this important relationship. To become one. We've got to start pleasing Him. If we are to be worthy parents, we must accept the authority of God. We've got to accept His authority, which means we must start becoming obedient. The wife should recognise and accept the authority of the godly husband. I'll underline godly and we'll make it bold. A godly husband. We can't be unequally yoked. A Christian marrying a non-Christian And the Christian thinking they will change the non-Christian, I tell you, I've never seen it work, ever. It generally goes the other way, where the, the believer becomes an unbeliever. We have to be equally yoked, because God is in the marriage. You know, there's three people in that marriage. Husband, wife, God. The husband must recognize the supreme authority of God over his life. If you do something wrong, husbands, and you're worried your wife's going to be upset with you, get home. Wait until you see God. He is the supreme authority over your life. This is why 50 odd percent of marriages fail. I'm talking Christian marriages as well, because they don't understand the authority of God in their marriage and over their life. They get married because She's a good looking girl or he's a buffed up guy. They get married. That's what should attract us to start with. I remember the first day I've shared it with the the church. The first day I met Pastor Amanda, she walked around the corner and I went, woo. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) True story. True story. But if that's all there was, we wouldn't have got married. There's got to be more than that. The children should recognise and respond to a parent's authority. Not, you can't hit me. You can't tell me what to do. Let's try that, kid. See how it works for you. I'm not saying beat your children. I'm not saying that at all. Kids need to learn respect. And respond to authority. Sorry, children, you don't have rights. You do not have rights. I don't care what your teachers tell you. Third thing is to be worthy parents, we need a quality of character that is worthy of reverence. How can we tell our children not to do something and then go and do it ourselves? How often do we see that? Kids, you shouldn't take drugs. I'm just going to the pub now. Happens all the time, doesn't it? Happens all the time. We need to have a A quality of character, of integrity, that is worthy of reverence. Children are not commanded to honour parents who are dishonourable. I'm going to say that again for everyone that's watching online. Children are not commanded to honour parents who are dishonourable. So if your kid is being naughty, look at yourself first. Have you planted that seed in them? Children need to be able to revere their parents who are not phonies. As a society, we have handed off responsibility of raising our children to bureaucrats. We've handed off responsibility to teachers, childcare workers. I'm not saying childcare is a bad thing. My kids went there. But you're the parent it's not their responsibility to raise your children for you i can't believe we would allow bureaucrats to raise our kids and indoctrinate them we're we're living in a time where boys don't know what a, a boy looks like and girls don't know what a girl looks like and The story I heard yesterday from a friend, he he said, you know, this six-year-old girl doesn't know whether she's a boy or a girl. Where does that come from? It comes from childcare and from the parents allowing it. There's two genders and about 700 mental disorders. We need to change. Parents, we need to take responsibility. If a little boy comes to you and says that he's a girl, And they're in your family, it's time to sit down with them and their parents. I just realized why Facebook keeps blocking all my posts. This is probably it. (laughs) Oops. We need to wake up. As parents, we need to wake up. We need to get involved in our children and our grandchildren's lives. Loving obedience should be deserved should be deserved on the part of parents rather than being something that's coerced. If you expect your children to be obedient and be loving, you've got to deserve it. You can't coerce it from them. I've seen it so many times. I probably did it to my children. I actually do it for a a young guy that I, I do some caring work with. If you just do this, this, and this, I'll give you the McDonald's you want. That's coercion, isn't it? If you, if you just do what I say, I'll bribe you, and then you'll love me. Doesn't work. To be parents worthy of honor, we must practice a love that is genuine. A love that is genuine isn't handing off responsibility to everyone else to raise our children. We know of within churches, parents who drop their kids at the kids program and then leave. They don't even go to church themselves. They just drop them there and go. That's making the church or some poor teenager responsible for raising your children and raising them in the Lord. It's not what the Bible tells us. That's your job. It's a romantic love that often attracts a couple to each other before they get married. Like I said, Pastor Amanda walked around the corner. I went, Thank you, Lord. That's the one. We were both praying that the next person we met, we would marry and they had to be Christian. True story? I'm like, yes Lord, good job. And I, I, I explained it to Pastor Amanda, as you know, I can just imagine God sitting there with Gabriel and Michael when she was made and go, well, look at this one guys, look what I've done here and they're like, good job God, <laughs> good job. To achieve the highest possible happiness, a couple needs to have something more than that romantic love though, don't they? They've got to be more than just attracted to each other. A husband and wife need to relate to each other in a way that deserves respect of each other. Now that's hard. When we met, we were both very broken people. We both had our own ways of doing things. But there's got to be a respect there. Parents need to practice an agape love with their children, which is a sacrificial, self-giving love. We have to be willing to lay our lives down as Christ did for the church. It's a love that expresses itself in helpfulness, not only to the husband or wife, but also to the children. What are we willing to do with our children? What are we willing to do to help them? Or do we expect the school system to do it for us? Now It was announced that private schools will be losing their funding this week. Most of the private schools are Christian or faith-based schools, aren't they? We need to be praying as a church. Praise the Lord that in a few weeks' time, our last child at school is finished. But we need to be praying as a church that the communities around those schools step up and start supporting the school more because the the public system is going to be flooded with students. How do you think the education system will cope when it can't cope now with thousands more kids coming through? To be parents worthy of honour, we must not be guilty of exasperating our children been there, I've done it, it doesn't work. The imperative in this verse is applicable to both mothers and to fathers. I see more children arguing with their mothers because of something the mother has done out in the street than what I do the father. And as such we have been appointed, or we've appointed, let me say that again, because of that we've been appointed as teachers and protectors. We are the examples for our children. If we look at families, and I'm not having a go at anyone because there's all different issues, but if we look at a family who's in welfare, more often than not, their parents were welfare families and their grandparents and there's generations because that's the example that's been set. We're seeing it right now where people would rather stay home than go to work because they get paid so well On Centrelink. There's businesses closing because they can't get staff. We are breeding a welfare society. And welfare is a good thing. I mean, if you're going to live in any country and need a hand, Australia is the place to be. You'll get looked after here. Much better than you will in most Western countries, except for the Nordic countries who are quite good. But you wouldn't want to... Be in trouble in America, or in the UK. We are lucky, but we've got to set an example for our children. We've got to. You know, the one thing I believe every parent wants to do is have their kid do better than they ever did. Imagine that. I put myself through university at thirty years old when I was working full time. One of the proudest things I've ever done as a parent is my daughter is going to university now. Started, flew to America when she was 17 years old and started doing university over there. She's going to do better than I ever did. That's all I could want for her. My son wants to be an electrician and play rugby. He's living out that dream. Praise God. We have two of our children working at the hospital in their 20s. Praise God, they're doing better than I can. In, in my 20s, I was a bricklayer. I'm not saying bricklayers are bad, but let me tell you, it's much better working at the hospital, especially in winter. And actually in summer, <laughs> let me tell you. Pastor Shane can confirm that. I mean, he's a, he's a landscaper. Winter's cold, summer is hot. We have another son the one that's coming up he works from home he, he does coding and, and trading and all sorts of things he's doing better than we, we've ever done we want our children to do better we've got to set the example for them've got to help make it possible we have a stake in their happiness and their well-being and their success we can't just say to them oh you know just do as you please we've got to have a stake in it up to us. If we don't show them, who's going to? The teachers? The schools? The union movements? We don't want them teaching our kids, especially if we call ourselves Christian. Many parents are paralysed with the fear to the extent that they are overcorrective when it comes to their children. On the other hand, the Apostle is not suggesting that we grant every wish that our children have. He's not saying, okay, well, if your kid wants a new place, you can go and buy it for them straight away. He's not advising us to never cross them. That's the problem. Every child wins a prize when they go to a race. That wasn't the case when I was at school. We didn't get participation awards. It's a little bit like church. This isn't a spectator sport. You have to get into the game. Paul said he runs the race to win the prize. He doesn't dawdle along and come last and expect to get the prize. <coughs> Paul isn't implying that we are always to approve of the kids' goals and ambitions. Sometimes we're, we're called. Do you think that's the best path? We've had the discussion with a couple of our children. You shouldn't do that because, <coughs> oh, excuse me. You shouldn't do that because this will be the result. <coughs> and often their responses, but but you did it. Said, but that's why I know what the result will be because I've been down that path. We must accept the responsibility for being the teachers and the guides. Oh, praise the Lord, Gloria. Thank you. Thank you. We've got to accept the responsibility of being the teachers and the guides and the examples for the children. We've got to be willing to step up and do it in the church. Those of you who have been in church for so long and you love love the Lord and you walk with Him and you hear Him and you're obedient to Him, we need to be the teachers. We need to be the guides. We need to be the examples for the people that don't have the same experience that you have in the Lord. That's called discipleship. We need more of it. We need to be discipling someone. I have three people that I spend the majority of my time discipling. One of them is here, the other two are in other countries and other states. But we've gotta be the example. And sometimes being an example means saying no. Stop it. Don't go down that path. We've gotta guide people. I'm sure Rommel and Grace aren't gonna let the kids run wild out in the street. When they go out, they're gonna guide them. It's the same in the church. We've gotta guide the children. We must be on guard lest we break their spirit though with a destructive, negative, critical spirit. We must be on guard that we don't break their spirit. We can be constructive and positive. We don't need to be destructive and negative. We don't need to be critical all the time. There can be a number of ways in which we can be guilty of it though. We can be exasperated by them. and we can exasperate them by providing an incomplete or inadequate home life where love and affection forgiveness we've been preaching on forgiveness for about 6 weeks now 6 7 weeks and kindness are not the order of the day is that what your home looks like is there love in the family is there affection is there forgiveness Is there kindness? Because if there's not, you're doing the opposite and your children will become frustrated with you. We can exasperate them by living hypocritical and phony lives. Here's an example. That's why we have kids in the church, because it's okay. But we can exasperate the kids by being hypocrites, can't we? Don't go and do that. And then you go and do the same thing yourself. Don't talk to your mother like that. But the kids learn, don't they? Because, husbands, you may have spoken to your wife like that. We can exasperate them by being preoccupied with outside interests. To the extent that we never give them any time. Some of our children some of us have actually been there ourselves where we're in a room full of people that are all busy doing something else and we're lonely you can be lonely in a crowd of people that's how our kids feel when we don't give them the time for us who have older parents that's maybe how our parents feel when as children we don't give them the time we can exasperate them by a refusal to listen when they talk to us, how many of actually, how many of us actually listen? That's a hard one. Children often just want time. We all just want time, don't we? When Pastor Amanda gets home, and I know she's had a busy day, I know she wants to rest. I just want her time. I do. She looks at me. says, just let me sit down for five minutes. That's what our children are like. But I get excited. I, I, I get like a big list of things that's happened through the day that I just want to tell her about. About things that God's told me and shown me and we, we just we all just want time. Children often just want time. You know what God's the same. God wants your time. He doesn't want to just be penciled in at, at church at, you know from from 10:05 to 1015. Lord you can come but you need to be gone by 10:15 because we want to do something else. He actually wants your time. That's why we're having Sunday afternoon services starting next month. because we're here anyway. We're, we're generally here till about three o'clock recording. the the midweek services and all that sort of thing. So, hey, we might as well just stay and have church again. Perhaps we might exasperate our children the most, though, by making hasty and incorrect judgments concerning their motives and conduct. Our son that doesn't work in a conventional, that's the word I'm after, conventional sense, he works from home, he, he mines cryptocurrencies, he codes, he... Builds apps, he does lots of stuff, but it's not in the conventional sense. Some of our family have actually judged him in the past. What is he doing? Why doesn't he get a job? Well, let me tell you, he's earning a lot more than we ever have. And he's living the life he wants. Who are we to judge? He's happy. He's literally living the life he wants and earning more money than I've ever seen. And I was a state manager for a massive commercial finance business. He's doing a lot better than us. So who are we to to judge his motives and his conduct? We are strongly prohibited against contributing to a broken spirit on the part of our children and our our children within the church that could cause them to react with anger and hostility and self-destructiveness. We're forbidden to do that. How many times does someone come to us with a broken spirit and we just fob them off? It's easy just to go, oh, you know, they've got so many issues. You just need more faith, brother. If you just had more faith, brother, you you wouldn't have that problem. Their spirit's broken. Telling them they need more faith or more prayer or, or to fast more or As I said last week, just, you know, if you just sowed $50 today, you'd have your healing. What rubbish. They've got a broken spirit. Get alongside them. Lift them up. Encourage them. Someone with a broken spirit, the last thing they want is encouragement. I can tell you that. They want you to wallow in their pity with them. But lift them up. If you need to, drag them. Drag them along the way. We are not a church that shoots our wounded. We pick them up and we carry them. They might be kicking and screaming, but we will pick them up and we'll carry them. We will carry them towards the cross. We won't just leave them in the pit of hell. Very hard to find your way to the cross though, carrying someone if you've never been there before yourself. You need to know the way. We've seen it too much lately. Not within this church, praise God. But within others that we've been in in the past where, oh, that person's just broken. Just leave them there. Move on. We all have to give an account one day of what we did with what God gave us. Now, for some of us, he's given us the the opportunity and the responsibility to preach the Word from a pulpit every week. For some of us, he's he's had us travel the world preaching the Word. For others, it might be just preaching to that person next door. It might be picking your family up and taking them along with you. But we're all going to have to give an account. I'm going to finish up i actually finish on time today. We all need help if we are to be parents that are worthy of honour. You come up if you want, Pastor Amanda. We all need help. Do you think you can be a parent worthy of honour without God's help? We all need that help. And we can be confident. We've got to remember, God is the example. As our Father we prayed it at the start. Our Father in Heaven. As our Father, He has set the example so as children, we can look towards Him. As parents, we want our children looking towards us as we point them to Him. We can be confident that God wants to help us improve the quality of our family life. If your life at home and your relationships with your family is messy, We can be confident that he wants to improve that. And families are messy, right? Has anyone here not got a messy family? Good. (laughs) We don't need to pray anyone for (laughs) deceit. Family is just messy. It always will be. But God wants to improve that quality of our family life. We need to read the Bible and pray daily in the presence of our family a little bit hard when they don't all live with you. But more often than not, when Pastor Amanda comes home, I'm actually sitting on the couch reading my Bible. That's when I get my time to pray, to talk to God. And that's generally why I run to the door and say, you wouldn't believe what God just showed me. (laughs) You know, there's some verses in here that you might read a hundred times, and then you open it up a year later and go, I'm sure that said something different before. But now God's showing you something. We need to read and pray daily in the presence of our family. We need to let the church really be the church. Let me say that again because church is often a dirty word, isn't it? People are offended by it. I've been there. We need to let the church really be the church. If we're going to be the best Christian parents that we're capable of being. The church being the church is yeah, a body of Christ that will discipline you when you need it, that will encourage you when you need it, that will celebrate you when you need it. At Refinery Life Church, we're a full service church. We'll marry you, or we'll baptize you as well, we'll marry you, we'll dedicate your children to the Lord, we'll baptize them. We'll bury you when the time comes. We do everything. That's what the church should do. And that whole time we walk with you. The whole time throughout your entire Christian walk, the church should be walking with you. Not saying, oh Gloria, you, know, you were naughty last week. We think you've got some issues. You just go away now. Like <laughs> <laughs> <Shh>. <laughs> but many do that, right? That person is just so disruptive and they've got so many issues that we can't help them. Let let the person make the choice. Let the person make the choice. As a church, we walk together. We're we're an army. (laughs) We're an army. Let us earnestly, I'm going to leave you with this, let us earnestly seek to give our children both physical and spiritual. Let us earnestly seek to give them parents that they find easy to honour and respect. Lord, we thank you. Everyone that's watching online, we're going to leave you there. We're going to go into a little bit of worship and see where that leads us this morning. But we bless you if you're watching online. See you on Tuesday and Thursday evening, 7 p.m. Queensland time. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the privilege we have of serving you on a, Lord, not even a weekly basis at church, but every single day.